I can't tell you what it means to stand up here and look out and see so many of you back with us. It's been a long year, hasn't it? But you've been faithful. You've kept your focus on God. We've not lost touch with any of you. And I'm so thankful that I can say to you definitively this morning, welcome home. Good to have you back here. You know, we're calling today a homecoming, but it's not based on the anniversary of the church. In May, this church will be 179 years old. But right now, you've come home. Others will be home in the next few weeks that are finishing up their shots and, and getting to a position of safety to be here. But we, we want to celebrate the return from the COVID it's been a long time. The reality is we have gone through this, and I want to reflect on who we are as a church because this church has been through many storms in life, and out of those storms always was created an opportunity to serve. The ravenous nature of the Civil War took apart this town, burned most of it. Water Avenue from one end to the other was destroyed. A hundred factories were taken down. Churches were bombarded. But on the morning after the fall of Selma, one church opened its doors, First Baptist. We took the sadness and the frustration of the war where 90% of our men were killed in the Civil War that were members of this church. Yet this church, out of that, formed the first public school for black children to come and go to school in our church. We've always taken disasters and used them for an opportunity. We've always celebrated God drawing His people together. And I wanted to look at this passage in Hebrews because the reality is this is a group of trampled Christians that are mentioned here that gave so much. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. All of them took the situations of life and used them as an act of faith. They never looked back, and they only looked forward. People who keep their faith are strong people. It's not that they see something that others don't, but they have a sense within them of a God that is guiding them. And you've kept that. I want to applaud you, church, because you continue to support the work of this church in ministry and missions. You never hesitated. In fact, you gave above and beyond. In December of this past year, you set a record in the history of this church in 178 and a half years for your giving. You've never hesitated to give. You've supported in every way you could. You, we tried our best to stay in touch with you and you let us know what was going on in your life. And that matters. We're coming together again because the work is not nearly finished. We had a meeting last week with the... the, the group in our church here that's working with other churches here in Selma to start a mission church out on Craig Field. and That is such an important thing. 
I made a pledge nine years ago that we would not stop until we had founded a mission church on every housing project in Selma. We want to get Jesus to everybody. We want to make a difference in their lives. We want to let people know from east to west that we love one another. This passage is so beautiful because what it talks about is bringing people together. It speaks of those people before Jesus that, that didn't even know his name. But they knew that a Messiah was coming and they believed. And their perspective was so focused that it, it was as if they had embraced their Savior already. And that's what we're called to do because the reality is we don't have everybody that will be members of First Baptist Church here. No, down the road there are many people that we're going to encounter and acquaint with Jesus. We're going to bring them to the opportunity to have a decision of saving faith. And we're going to continue to grow because God placed us here for a mighty thing. Now, what will the post-quarantine church look like? Well, it, it will look much like it does now. And, and by the way, I want, I want to thank our instrumentalists and your families who came. You, you, you've blessed us today. You've added so much to what we've done. And that makes a difference. And I appreciate the sacrifice all of you made to come to Selma because I understand nobody accidentally comes to Selma. You have to plan on getting here. I had a friend from Atlanta that wanted to come over one time, and they said, I'm sure it's easy to find. I said, that's your first mistake. It's not easy to find, but it's worth coming to. Selma's a special place. I want to thank the members of our choir. We've got some folks in our choir that are not usually here, and I appreciate your being here so much. God bless you. People serve in a mighty way. We're going to have a wonderful barbecue directly after the service, out back under a wonderful tent that looks more like it's there for a wedding reception. Well, it, it was last night. And Lane Bracken, who grew up in this church, said that he felt that he had to leave that here for us to celebrate the barbecue under. We are blessed over and over by the people that grow up here and go on to do great things, and they never forget who we are and what we're about. These people who kept the faith were so important. Yet our generation is the most important because we take that work forward. The same can be said for, for this church in other ways. We must keep the faith. We must endure sufferings. We must find a way to adapt. I will never forget that first Monday in the office after we realized the tragedy of, of this, this quarantine that was coming upon our culture in our society, in the whole world. And we began to talk about things that we could do to reach out and continue to hold the church together arm in arm. And I want to say a very special thank you to our staff because they have worked so hard. It had gotten to the point where I would walk in the room and they'd look at me and it was like, oh no, what's coming next? But here's what's amazing. They've worked day and night. They've worked in the off time. They've run errands coming to work and going home. They've made sure that this church has stayed together. And I want to say a very special thank you to all of them. They're not all here right now because some of them are actually down there. Kitty, I believe, is in the fellowship hall cracking the whip, getting everything done so the food will be ready and everything will be perfect. 
That's how God has blessed us as a church. We're running a race. Paul described it as that way and talked about how you run a race. And the reality is it's not a convenient thing to do. You come and you practice early when no one's around. You go through things to make sure it's just right. You see to it that your skill is always honed to its sharpest because you understand that nobody can really fly by the seat of their pants all the time. We've got to prepare for what God is going to do. You know, Hebrews 10.32 says, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in the great contest in the face of suffering. We've been through a test for a year. Now, First Baptist Church survived the Civil War. It survived the Spanish-American War. It survived the pandemic of 1918 and 1919. It survived World War II. It survived the Korean conflict. It survived Vietnam. It survived the Persian Gulf War. It survived so many things. But I want to see to it that what we've gone through in the last year makes us stronger. That we'll be prepared to meet needs. We'll understand how to go to the people who are hurting and help them. You know, Hebrews further tells us, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. We needed someone to teach us again how to prepare for this, and we did. We listened carefully. We were cautious, but I never gave up the understanding of the faith because our faith is the greatest healer that we'll ever have. It's too important to give up. We met in this sanctuary, and we never missed meeting. There were times when there were ten of us here. But we were going to meet because that was our faith. John and Judy Friday never missed a Sunday. John told me, I came to this church when I was brought here. In fact, I guess you came in the womb. And he loved this church, and he said, I've got to be here. I need this. Others came and scattered out. And we were very safe, and we were careful. We've cleaned this place so many times, I'm surprised the shine hasn't left the pews. We disinfected because we wanted people to be safe. God's gotten us through that, and we move forward to something even greater, the future. And the future is bright, and there's much to be done. We cannot look back and dwell for long. For those who reminisce for too long forget that the trajectory is forward, not backward. We can't stand still for long. We must continue to go forward with what God wants us to do. Eugene Peterson left this passage in such a wonderful way, and I've got to read one thing in here that just really blessed me. He said in the first verse of chapter 12 in Hebrews, he said, Do you see what this means? All those pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. We've got much to do. God has a mighty work for us. And remember, when I speak of First Baptist Church of Selma, I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about all of you. You're the church. Now, we're a changing body constantly. 
But the reality is, the definition of what we're here for never changes. And the one who guides us is always there, our Heavenly Father. But I want you to realize that as we launch out into this world, I know exactly what your first sentiment is going to be. It's going to be to go to the beach, get out of Selma, do that. But when you get back and when you've had your time of respite and repair, then let's begin to plan and plan big. For we have much to do. God is gracious and he's so kind. The wedding that I had yesterday evening with, with Summer and William. Summer's grandmother was our organist for many years, Suzanne Smith. Suzanne Smith planned ahead. She had a surgery some months before she passed away and thinking that if something went wrong she recorded the songs that Summer wanted to use in her wedding so we did not have well yes we did have someone playing the instrument Suzanne Smith played it from the grave because she prepared and I listened to the preparation and how perfect it was and I realized this, that was probably her best recording ever because she was doing it for one that she loved dearly, her granddaughter. Let's in the same way plan and prepare. These flowers, who, which are so gorgeous up here, were placed in, in memory of Suzanne. And Suzanne was one of those people that when she served, many times it was easy to just kind of you know, well, she's there, and she's, we see the back of her head, and she's playing the organ. But we forgot many times what a blessing she really was. I've got to tell you, though, one Sunday, somehow in the week, her sister convinced her to change her hair color. Her hair was always that raven black, and, and she went to kind of a frosty blonde something or another. And she came in, sat down early, didn't talk to anybody, and she played. And as I was at that back door one of our precious church members came up to me and she said, well, whoever was playing the organ did an okay job, but she wasn't as good as Suzanne. <laughs> you learn to appreciate those who give so much. It matters. And I'll remind you again for the hundredth time, music does not lead you to worship. It is worship. I'm part-time. I will actually end my work when I go to heaven. Murray, they better have a nice piano for you up there. Worship, so much of worship is in music. Dear people, get ready. The best is yet to come. We are stepping into a world that needs us. There are people that have faced near death. They've experienced death in their family. They've seen abrupt changes that will never go back to what they considered normal before the pandemic. But you can step in the void and you can say, God loves you and I love you and he's got a plan for your life. Would you like me to share that with you? And let you know how you can feel that peace and safety in his arms. Dear people, this is the time. This is the opportunity, and this is how we change the world that we're in. Be prepared for that, and speak boldly, and you will see the blessing that comes after the storm that God always brings. Let us pray. Holy Father, I thank you so much that as we gather here today...
we do so with such a sense of your guidance. We thank you for your love that enshrouds us and protects us. And Father, I pray right now that you would speak to someone this morning who has lived in fear, but you have told us, Lord, that perfect love casteth out fear, and you have done that for us. And I pray that they would trust you even today. Father, if there's a need in someone's life today to come to the altar and pray, I pray that they will. If someone needs to come forward and make a decision, may that also happen today. But Father, we trust you for all good and great things. Now bless us, and may we respond even as the first notes of the instruments play the invitation hymn. May we find ourselves being obedient even now. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.